0: Here's a great description on IMDb for a movie. On his first day of the job as a Los Angeles narcotics officer, a rookie cop goes beyond a full work day and training within the narcotics division of the LAPD. Wait for it. With a rogue detective who isn't what he appears to be. That's just great stuff. Training day coming up right now.
1: Because of me, judges have handed out over 15,000 man years of incarceration time based on my investigation You got today and today only to show me who and what you're made of. You hear me? That's it. What I'm talking about, first day on the job, you hit a $3 million seizure. Police officer, get
2: away
1: from the girl! No, 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 we're not racking up arrest today. You
2: let him go. The what more you want? I want justice. Right? Is that I mean, not justice? That's street justice. What's wrong with street justice? Oh, I Just let the animals wipe themselves
1: out. God willing. It can't be like this. You open your eyes, can't you see?
0: All right, Chris Ryan here, Sean Fantasy here, fresh off uh, our award-winning podcast. Of the social network last week. What award did we win? We won the Pulitzer. I forgot oh, to tell you guys. Yeah, it's great. They've been never given one out for a podcast, but that's how good it was.
2: I have a quick question before we get started. Yeah. Do you like to get wet?
0: <laughs> like having your shit pushed in? Let's do this, man. Training day. Um, I don't even know where to start, but here's Jake Hoyt, played by Ethan Hawke. was just his day. He smoked PCP for the first time. He fought two rapist crackheads. He got beaten up by a Latino street gang. Uh, he had approximately 29 guns pulled on him at some point. He got beaten up by Denzel Washington, pretty convincingly. I have that scored as a 10-8 round. We can go uh, about that later. <laughs> then he jumped on a car and then got slammed around on the car, but then somehow had enough faculties. Um I'm sad to say he did not pass concussion protocol. He's going to be out next week.
2: Yeah, I I think it's definitely tell-the-truth moment for Jake at the end of the day. What kind of a, a day for him. Kind of a Gronkowski
3: performance, though, right? Really hard really to take was. him down after oh, all that. I, I see. Yeah. I think Jake's
2: more—like, we're going to get into Jake Hoyt's football career, but a real slot receiver, like, takes <laughs> yeah, a lot of punishment. Yeah.
0: So I like that, like a Wes Walker. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like that they said he played strong safety in college and. North at, uh, Hollywood High. Or or at, at, at uh, high so he must have
3: been like a Jim Leonard type, right? Yeah. You know, a real signal caller from in the backfield. <laughs> so
0: that's where when, when, the ringer, <laughs> when the ringer has its sports movie consulting company, I wouldn't have, I would have said, no, strong safety. That doesn't work. a cornerback. He's a shutdown. Yeah, She's he's a, a seahorn. Yeah, he's a seahorn. Sure. Strong safety doesn't make sense to me. So I hadn't seen this movie in a while. It's on Netflix, actually. We should say it's on Netflix until June 1st. So I assume people out there have Netflix.
3: A couple of days to watch it.
0: You can bang it out. It's just incredible, Denzel. Yeah. I mean, we knew that. He won the Oscar for it. It became the standard Denzel impression is basically like when Jay Farrow does an SNL impression of Denzel, he's doing Denzel on Training Day. Yes. He's amazing in it. He passes the Oscar test of who else could have played this part.
3: We're going to talk about that, I what, think. What
0: is his, what's his, uh, his war? What's the baseball stat? Yeah. yeah. Above a placement? Yeah.
3: yeah. Or his VORP, value his over warp. replacement VORP. Yeah. Denzel's
0: VORP in this movie compared to any other actor they could have picked is off the charts. And it's his best movie. It's not a controversial statement. I think some people would say Malcolm X. Yeah. I think they're crazy. He's yeah. amazing in this. This movie shouldn't have worked like it did. Nobody should have won an Oscar for this movie. Chris Ryan's looking at me funny.
2: No, I'm I'm, I'm looking at you. I, I don't know if I'll go there with Malcolm X, but I'm looking at you in deep agreement otherwise.
0: It's just like this is his part. Nobody else could have played it. Will we're, Smith in training day is like, this is weird. Why are you doing this, Will Smith?
3: There are a ton of what ifs. I know we'll get to the what ifs Yeah, we're going to get to them. But... I think that where this sits in the Denzel performance is actually maybe a little bit more controversial than you're saying. But it's a, it's a, very, good, it. it's a very good debate.
0: I'm ready to have it now because before we get to the categories, it's a good one. I loved, I loved his performance in He Got Game. I thought he was great in that. I thought he was great in Malcolm X. He's kind of not great in Philadelphia, which I think is— I think he's pretty good in Philadelphia. Eh, that performance hasn't aged well. I think the movie hasn't age well and the performance hasn't aged well, but also in 1992, it was what it was. Yeah. But now you watch it, like, all right. Depends on
2: is- what Denzel you're looking for. There's Denzel that's like the leading man Denzel, and that would be like Crimson Tide. Yeah. There's Denzel. Pelican like, brief Crimson Tide Denzel. Pelican brief Crimson Tide Denzel. Then there is like kind of toxic, seedy Denzel, which is Man on Fire and Flight.
0: What's the movie when at out of time when he's the crooked uh, sergeant? Yeah. And he's sleeping with. With uh, Dean Cain's son of Latham. Yeah. He's sleeping with Dean Kane's wife, and it's like there's money, and there's a double cross. I like that Denzel. I like sweaty, I might have a drinking problem Denzel. Fillmore Denzel. Flight Denzel. Yeah.
3: There are three. There's the two that you just mentioned. There's the like, is he good? Is he bad? Is he slick? He's in a Tony Scott movie. He's in a Carl Franklin movie. Then there's obviously, you know, really, really... Uh, movie star-ish, you know, the, 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 the Pelican, uh, Brief, Pelican Brief guy you're talking about. Yeah. And then the third guy is important, Denzel. This movie matters, Denzel, right? It's like Malcolm X, Mo Better Blues, Fences. Like, he takes movies that are like, this is a statement on society, on the world, on who we are now. And you can make the case that he has three different peaks, right? You make the case. I would
0: say there's a fourth, Denzel, because it's like the he-got-game, he Denzel, of the just the average black guy whose life didn't work out and is has a certain tone and vibe to mm-hmm. him and and kind of an anger about what happened, but a hopeful, hopefulness too. Yeah. He, ta- he taps into that in a way that I don't feel like Will Smith was ever able to tap into.
2: Well, you know, Ethan Hawke on your pod talked a lot about his absolute, just marveling at Denzel's run that he's been on, that he has remained relevant for these decades. And I think the reason why he still remains such an object of interest for people is because he combines—he he is the combination of all the things we're talking about. He has Tom Hanks likability, yeah, but he has De Niro, Pacino chops. You know, he can get dark. He can go to these dark, dark places.
0: And he's got the blow blow the other guy off the screen kind of chops, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Like, Ethan Hawke is holding on for the first half hour of this movie, and then he eventually— They play that up? Which is yeah. perfect for the movie, though. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he also—you know, he has, like, sex appeal. Like, women love Denzel. Women he love had, Denzel. He, he ticks every single box for the movie star that you want.
0: Well, you know what's funny about Denzel? And I, I he might be the only actor like this right now. Whereas if you're at a party and you said— you know, I fucking hate his totally under overrated Denzel Washington. People like, whoa, totally what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to another conversation. It would just be like the most insane thing you've heard all week. Yeah. Like what? You don't like Denzel? Why? And then you Why can name like, you like 20 Denzel? movies.
2: And if that person doesn't like those 20 movies, you'd be like, all right, like. You'd good, almost be suspicious likes. of him if
0: you think he's like a Russian spy. Yeah. It's yeah. like, this is some take from somebody who hasn't lived in America. I've
3: never heard it before. I've never heard someone say, I don't like him.
0: I think he he has a unanimous approval rating. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like we talked about that in the NBA where Giannis is at this nice point right now where he's got a unanimous approval rating. Um, it's not a lot of people. Even like the Sixers, Simmons and Embiid, it's kind of turned to them already. Sure. And Denzel has kept it for- <laughs> Thanks.
2: Denzel, <laughs>
0: Denzel's kept it since, I'm trying to think when the first time I even knew who he was. He was on Stand Elsewhere, which was really one of the first pivotal hour dramas. And he was great on that. I think his and he was always a first-round draft pick for like that guy's going to be a good actor.
3: Yeah, I think it all like locks in for real in Glory. Yeah, that's yeah. when that's when he became. People were pretty into him in a Soldier Story, Soldier Story, Cry yeah. Freedom. He had big roles in movies, but
0: I still don't feel like a lot of people saw Glory. I was a there lot of, for Glory. A, a lot
3: of kids in, oh, in middle school history yeah. classes I think, did. I think it's yeah. after
0: the fact. Yeah. I'm just saying that At year it wasn't like who's this guy. It was like he won the supporting actor for it. And people got excited about that, but I don't – maybe I'm completely wrong, but I don't know if the box office – it wasn't like it was like this gangbusters movie.
3: No, it wasn't massive. I mean, it, it, it made put him $27 on the map. million, dollars, you know?
0: Right. It put him on the map as this guy's the next guy. Yes. And then much. that led to, you know, Philadelphia and all the movies that that came. And there's a nice little him versus Hanks thing that it's funny they're in the same movie because you could, you could argue Denzel could have – really been the only other person who could have been the Hanks Rowland Castaway. Interesting. I would have wanted to be on an island with him for an hour. Interesting. He would have been compelling. I think he would have had a great conversation with the volleyball. Probably a different relationship with Wilson.
2: Yeah. Angrier. <laughs> you like to get wet, Wilson? <laughs> That's yeah, how you, know, though. you like to get wet
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, Wilson.
3: that's how you know that a guy is a really powerful movie star though because rather than play the game where you swap him out in the movie that he's in you start swapping him into everybody else's movie and say yes. would this be better with him
0: Well, yeah. what was that movie The Pursuit of Happiness Will Smith made it's good
3: but it's better if as a Denzel, if Denzel is
0: in that, that's an Oscar winner. Yeah. And it just wasn't, he's not a good enough actor to carry that movie. Out. And it's also a testament to, and sometimes
2: I don't think he always, Denzel Washington always picks the best material necessarily. No, he, they, he does some paycheck movies, which is, which is a, you know, that's up for debate about as to why, but if you remember that black mirror episode, that John Ham's in where like, you look and like, you can't see the person. It's just the outline of the person. Yes. If you just have the outline of the person in training day, and it's the movie training day, this movie does not hang together. It is like one of my favorite movies to watch. I'm just saying that yeah. like the plot of the movie is pretty, it's being held together by Dental Floss and Denzel Washington.
0: He is a genuine villain in this movie and you're rooting for him the whole time, which is like what we talk about with Heat. Yeah. Why am I rooting for Neil McCauley, who's a horrible guy, who- when things go wrong, he lines his trunk with garbage bags and you're going to just go in the trunk and he's going to kill you. And he's suspicious of everybody and he'll walk away from anyone's life in 30 seconds. I'm like, I'm in on this guy. I love this guy. And same thing with Denzel. It's like, it's a horrible person. I hope he makes it. I hope he doesn't die at the end. Who doesn't love an forgotten outlaw, whether he died right? at the end. I hadn't seen it in a couple of years. So
2: and- can we do, because we mentioned Philadelphia a couple of times and we talked yeah. about, can we talk about Hankson in Washington's 90s just for a quick digression? As. All the, I mean, Hanks wins the '90s, but it's right. it's great. It's so Hanks is league of their own, Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, Toy Story, that thing you do, Saving Private Ryan. You've got mail, Toy Story 2, pretty much, and then he ends it with Green Mile. He Knock does two the
0: iconic rom coms. He wins two Oscars, and is also in the most iconic animation movie of that decade.
2: That's that's pretty unassailable, and
0: a couple other good movies too.
3: I think I'm going Denzel. Yeah,
2: Washington goes, Mo Better Blues, Mississippi Masala, Ricochet,
0: no, Malcolm it. X,
2: Much Ado About Shot, Nothing, stop. Philadelphia, Pelican Brief, Crimson Tide, Virtuosity, Devil in a no. Blue Dress, Courage Under Fire. What are you guys doing? Which is Military Denzel, another subsection, Courage Under Fire, and Siege. Siege is an amazing Denzel performance. Courage Under Fire with a really bad
0: Meg Ryan miscasting.
2: Courage Under Fire, Incredible Not Damon. Good.
0: Incredible, of Damon like almost died.
2: Yeah, preacher's wife. What are you guys doing? Fallen, he got game.
3: The Siege. Why? What? What case? <laughs> what
2: case are you making? I'm making an argument. This is
0: like Clyde Drexler versus Michael Jordan. It's ridiculous. I, I think I
3: actually like all these Denzel movies a little Stop bit more it. than the Hanks
0: movies. Forrest Gump is the biggest movie of that decade. I
3: would watch He Got Game 100 times out of 100.
0: It doesn't over matter. Gump right it's, now. We're just talking about who had the better 90s. You're talking objectively. This is not about. He won more Oscars. His movies made more money. His batting average was higher. Yeah. He was in three different genres in a giant way. I love Denzel, but come on. Yeah. Denzel had some ones you'd never watch again. Guess I, what you'd never watch again? Ricochet.
2: I kind of like Ricochet. Yeah, I, I take an issue with
0: that. I take issue with that. <laughs> Ricochet, seeing, doesn't he like roofie him and set him up <laughs> for like a rape? John, yes. Yes. John, John does, yeah. Yes. Or he gets raped. Somebody gets raped. Denzel no,
3: gets raped. He sleeps with a woman while he's been roofied and is filmed. And then that video is sent to his wife, as I recall. That's and a then tough he's used beat. And to, he's blackmailed.
0: Yeah. That's a tough beat.
3: It's an interesting debate.
0: I actually liked Ricochet,
2: too.
0: It was bad, though. It was one of those when you watch, you're like, oh man, how did they not get there? With Total Ricochet?
3: testament, though, to him just lifting the, bo- the boat on every movie he lifts I think Pelican
0: Brief's a loss. Mm. I like they, had to cut, they had to cut out the sex scene that was during that weird era of when Hollywood wasn't totally ready right. like when they had to cut the yeah. Eddie Murphy scenes not Denzel's fault I think they filmed it though they came in Julia win a couple rounds we need to see that we'll never see American it America needs that we'll never see it they, they chopped it out god really Den- I have Denzel as like a plus 400 underdog against Hanks in the 90s does Castaway count in the 90s or 2000s Ca- Castaway is 2000 so you could say it capped the, do- the, do- the decade would you rather have had Denzel or Hanks in Castaway? I think I would
2: rather have we Hanks in Castaway. Is
0: it too late? Can we do Castaway 2? Castaway
2: 2? It's, it's definitely like a plot line of flight is like that plane crashes and he's the only one who lives. And then he's just <laughs> on the island with no cocaine,
0: freaking out because he's got... <laughs> you know why Castaway doesn't work with, with Denzel? Because he's taking Helen Hunt at the end. <laughs> He's not sure. like, we're good. Stay with the dentist. Denzel's like, we're going to go fuck in my car now. Is this
2: your number one movie obsession? Is the Helen Hunt, Tom Hanks relationship and cast No, away? I'm,
0: I'm just, it's a it's a direct Hanks versus Denzel question. Yeah. Because it's hard. You can't say like, could Hanks have played Malcolm X? Like there's movies Denzel made that Hanks just couldn't have played. Hanks could not have played the guy in Training Day.
3: Should we explore Hanks as Malcolm X a little more though? <laughs>
0: it's, got, it's controversial casting. Uh, <laughs> But, like, Hanks couldn't have been training day and he well, wouldn't Plymouth have won. The didn't right. land on us. Right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no,
3: it's true. You, there, there's no one to one, but I don't know. I just, I think I just like watching Denzel Moore. And Hanks might be the more successful movie star. Yeah. But I, I just like watching Denzel Moore.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think Hanks could have, I think Denzel could have done more of the Hanks movies than vice versa, even removing like the Malcolm X, like the impossible ones. He got game and things like that. It's just, Hanks and Ricochet just becomes a weird movie. I don't know what that is at that point. And this
3: is an interesting, because we're talking about the 90s, and, you know, this training day is 2001. It's an interesting time for both of those guys. I think at that time, you know, he's coming off, remember the Titans? He's coming off the Hurricane. He's coming off the Bone Collector. the Hurricane
0: was supposed to be, I win the Oscar for this, and he didn't. And
3: it wasn't that.
0: And by the way, it's flawed. Not a great movie. It's a little stiff. It's also a
3: movie that... Was a song who that directed knew that this story? Uh, that, that's Norman Jewison, who is very, very well known. Legendary. I gotta Hollywood say, filmmaker.
0: I'm not, I'm not sure how that movie didn't work. The hurricane? Yeah, I wanted that. I wanted that to be like my favorite movie of 1999, and I would never watch it again. Huh. And I just remember it was like kind of a, it was kind of a rough watch.
3: The Bob Dylan song kind of gave away the movie for a lot of people. It's a story <laughs> that they all already knew.
0: That's like a can't miss story, though.
3: But anyway, the, the, I bring it up because. He's at this interesting inflection point in his career. And he well, needed you had, a left turn.
0: But you forgot that he hadn't won an Oscar.
3: He had won one for supporting, but he had never yeah, been supporting best actor. Like, like whatever. Actor.
0: That's yeah. like winning a sports Emmy.
3: Wow. You said it, not me. <laughs> Owner of several sports Emmys.
0: Yeah. The, the difference in bet, think of all the people who have won best supporting actor, or best supporting actress.
3: No doubt, the best actor is a, is much more of a flex, and it seems like he's hunting for it a little bit at this point. He gets pe- he's obviously passed over famously Hurricane. from Alchemax, yeah, famously passed over for He Got Game, passed over for the Hurricane, passed over for Remember the Titans. This is a left turn. This isn't a movie you would think I'm going to win the Oscar. No, for. quite the opposite. I thought that this was this was like a pretty genre-y
2: summer movie that winds up getting elevated specifically by him,
0: and with the director who hadn't really done anything. He'd yeah. been bait and. What was the other one he did? This is his third movie.
3: Uh, He'd done The Replacement Killers. That was his first movie. And then he did Bait and then
0: Training Day. You didn't see those first Antoine two Foucault. movies and go, the third movie this guy makes yeah. is going to win Oscars. But it was
2: still a time when I think that pre, pre-superhero pre movies where people were like, I'm going to keep plugging away at this. And, you know, obviously had like a... I still think actually Antoine Foucault was pretty underrated. And I think that what he does in this movie... Is a is a very specific thing that allows not only Washington but crucially Washington and Hawk to operate a lot together. There's a lot of two shots. Hawks talked about this before. It's like they made sure that they like got a lot of the two of them interacting in the frame together. And I think that that's like a huge part of this movie. I agree. Want
0: to do some categories? Let's do it. Most rewatchable scene. I had four. Okay. You might have more. Denzel bullying. Uh, Ethan Hawke in a smoking pot, which turns out to be PCP. is just kind of an amazing mental chess match of just challenging somebody's manhood and getting them to where you want them to go. I loved it. The robbery scene of Scott Glenn, yeah. hold this thought. Um, when they go back and shoot him and take his money, it's just an incredible nine minutes. And I forgot that he shot the guy with the bulletproof vest and he actually really <laughs> did shoot him and all It's just great. And then Ethan Hawke doesn't want any part of it and- that's about as good of a nine-minute action movie scene as you're getting. The poker scene with the Latino gang at Smiley's house.
3: <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> Love it. No Denzel in that scene.
0: as he's Right, no Denzel as he's slowly kind of yeah. figuring out what's going on. And then the final Denzel versus Hawk, which you know is coming the King whole Kong, time. Yeah. Denzel using his, I guess that would be a, a, a fifth scene. <laughs> the, the shootout in the house. I, yeah, I mean, we drag it into the King yeah. Kong part. Those I, are the four. What one right in. One yep. right in.
3: Uh, just their first meeting in the diner. Tell me a story. That's my. favorite. Tell me a story, Hoyt.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's five. Which so time? what do you got? This is a newspaper.
3: <laughs> exactly. Uh, that whole thing. I, I don't. I don't know if I can. Is it Chris? Is there like a character in your lifetime of watching movies that Alonzo reminds you of in any way? Because I remember watching the movie for the first time and thinking like. I just have no idea where this guy's going. No,
2: that's the thing that's so incredible about this movie and I know this is gonna sound like bullshit, but Alonzo reminds me of guys I knew. <laughs> not guys Tell us I. knew. More. Not guys I knew who were like, smoke this dust, but <laughs> guys you knew, especially when you're like in high school and you, they're seniors or you know like so like maybe there's older guys on a team. And they have like this, A, but it's a charisma, but it's also like you're terrified of them. And especially if you're on a team and there's like a little bit of like physical interaction, like you're maybe there's like you play football or something like that. There's a chance that this guy could kick your ass. But there's also a chance that you would like die for this guy because he's so <laughs> charismatic. And you're just like, uh, I don't know what, what, like like they're fucking with you, but they're also like trying to indoctrinate you into something. And you're just like completely confused as a younger
0: man. I thought that way about Dave Jacoby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love Dave Jacoby.
2: not threatening, though. Jacoby's not threatening.
0: Uh, You didn't know him back when. So we're going Most Rewatchable is what?
2: I'm going Diner Scene, Sean. You got him. (laughs) It's amazing.
1: It is that you could be out there with a fine bitch for a year. And the most entertaining story that you can come up with to tell me is a drunk stop.
0: But I don't believe you.
4: I don't think Such that's an incri-
0: Tell me a story. It's just so incredible. I'm going poker scene. I love the poker scene. I love the Latino street gang. Hey, Pig, you ever had your shit pushed in? Your shit pushed in? Simple question. Nah? No. Yeah. had my shit pushed in. Oh,
1: yeah, man. I
0: had my shit pushed
1: in, bro, big time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we have a new category. New one. Biggest Oscar travesty. Mm. We've circled this in these podcasts, but now we're just making a category, and I think it's going to be really funny for when we do like Roadhouse, and I make <laughs> I make the case for Ben Gazzara who's robbed in 1989. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jeff Healey band for best original song in Roadhouse. This was a dark, 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 dark Oscars. 2001 Beautiful Mind Wins for Best Picture Yikes The other nominees Were Gosford Park In the Bedroom Lord of the Rings And Moulin Rouge No Training Day That has not aged well Best Director Ron Howard Wins for Beautiful Mind Ridley Scott Black Hawk Down Robert Altman Gosford Park Wow Uh, Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings And David Lynch For Mulholland Drive No Antoine Fuqua
3: actually like a bunch of those movies I like in the bedroom a lot I think Gossard
0: Park's pretty good, good.
3: Um,
2: but
0: Antoine Fuqua should have been nominated yeah, for sure to and I think a, Training Day should have been nominated I
2: can't I don't know if we could we'd ever be able to go back and figure this out but I feel like Lord of the Rings was a tough hang for the Oscars I feel like Lord of the Rings sort of soaked up a bunch of nominations for a couple of years, especially on the technical side, obviously, but even Best Picture, Best Director, and then it wound up winning for 3 the third one, right?
3: Yeah, I've always been confounded by Lord of the Rings' ability to get all those nominations in a way that, like, Star Wars couldn't, even yeah. though I would take the Star Wars movies a hundred
0: yeah, times. Well, out of 100. I don't understand that was
2: there still some Miramax involvement in Lord of the
3: Rings, or was it, like... No, I mean, I think Peter Jackson was really well-respected, but anyway, I mean, you know... Fuqua, sure. I think that would have been interesting what it would have done for his career if he would have gotten that kind of validation early on, if it would have set him on a different course. Because the movies that he makes after this movie
0: are training day-ish. So I still haven't gotten to the biggest Oscar travesty yet. Denzel, by the way, beats Russell Crowe, Sean Penn, and I Am Sam, Will Smith and Ali, and Tom Wilkinson in in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm good with that. Halle Berry won for Monsters Ball best supporting actor. This is one of
2: my this, this one, is that's the one that keeps me up at night. It's a travesty. Read, read the
0: list. It's a travesty. I'll I'll read the whole list. I won't tell the the listeners who won and they can guess. Ethan Hawke Training Day. Ben Kingsley in Sexy Beast. Ian McKellen Lord of the Rings. John Voight in Ali. Mm-hmm. He's in it for like 3 minutes. Although he is really good. And uh Jim Broadbent in Iris. It's tough. The winner was Jim Broadbent and Iris. It's very tough. Now I don't mean to compare this movie to Rain Man. Cause that's a weird comparison training day, but I do think it's one of those movies. And I like when this happens in a movie, when the guy who blows everyone away in the part obscures, how good the other guy was in yeah, the other part. Absolutely. And Rain Man actually, this is different training day. Denzel is the best person in the movie. In Rain Man, uh, Tom Cruise is the best person in the movie, but it's a Dustin Hoffman movie. He won the Oscar. Ethan Hawke's so good in this movie, and we're going to go over the casting what ifs with it, to not get blown away by Denzel, to do all the things he has to do in this movie, to be on PCP for like a half hour, to be believable in the fight scenes. And- <laughs> I,
2: I love that you're giving him credit like it's like Chris Paul playing with a
0: hamster. <laughs> right? He didn't really <laughs> smoke PCP. He <laughs> had to pretend he did, though. Yeah, yeah. And, then, uh, and all the other stuff he did, and it's like, man- I don't know what else he had to do in this what movie. They, say the
2: nominations again besides was King, Kingsley and Sexy Beast. He's no, good. no, 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 no,
0: no. There That's, are some that, that, people that, out he's, there who's good to, in that. Yeah. Um yeah. No. Hawk's
2: amazing in this. Hawk's amazing and you should well, I'm I'm obsessed with the um the the two-hander movies where it's like, you know, whether it's Butch and Sundance or the Sting or Color of Money or This or Rain Man, like you're yeah. saying, and the way that they kind of directors or film like filmmakers will choose to emphasize one character over the other, and it's a real choice to how you basically present the straight man and whether or not you establish a straight man in the movie. Like, do you think that there's a, is, is Redford the straight man in all the president's men?
0: No, I, I actually think he's more important in that movie than Hoffman. Right. So I, I, it's almost like he's more of the leading man and Hoffman's kind of the best supporting actor in this movie. Ethan Hawks in more scenes, you could argue that he's the best actor and Denzel's the best supporting, but you can't do it that way. And it worked out the way it was, but really they were both best actors. It'd be like if you did Thelma and Louise and you made Gina Davis best supporting actor. Right, like, it's stupid. Right,
3: when this movie starts, it starts with Ethan
0: Hawke. It's an Ethan Hawke movie. his house. Yeah, yeah. What's age the best? For me, the yeah. Dr. Dre still.
2: Yeah, nigga, I'm still fucking with you. Still waters run deep.
0: Hearing that, that movie, that song mm. is so. We in the office. Identified baby? with 2001, yeah. and then Dr. Dre ends up being in the movie later. But just hearing that, it took me like really to 2001. It's like the second decade of hip hop basically. It's a
3: legitimately LA movie too. It feels so-
0: LA. That that to me that the the music and the LA-ness of it has aged the best for me. What else would you, what other candidates would you
3: have? I mean, just watching those two performances that we've been talking about for 30 minutes, I think yeah. they're still per- like work perfectly well. Yeah. Um I think also there's something about like the kind of what a crime movie is now. It feels like a little bit closer to kind of where like TV started going. This is kind of the time of the shield. There's like yeah, a, kind of the anginous, anti-hero, yeah, anti-hero yeah. quality that became very consistent with storytelling, especially cop movies and like drug dealer movies. So I think that stuff holds up pretty well.
2: Hmm. Yeah. I think the performance, the Denzel performance specifically, it, it's, it's interesting because it splits the difference between I guess the next what wound up being the next 17, 18 years of actually probably fewer crime movies than everybody in this room would like to see. I mean, there, there hasn't been a, a lot of them, but with, and, and still pays homage to some of the Sidney Lumet stuff, some of the French connection stuff of the seventies. And it has that kind of <clears throat> that documentary feel almost that yeah. kind of really
0: gritty feel. So I think it's the performances that age the best for me. I thought it's really well directed too. It's directed in a totally modern way. There's nothing yeah. that feels dated which I don't know what the year was when stuff stopped feeling that dated. Maybe it's like somewhere in the late '90s. Like to me, Fight Club could be on right now, and people—if you hadn't seen it, you wouldn't know it came out 20 years ago.
3: Fuqua is interesting. I don't know if he has like a specific directing style. It's—he's very slick. A lot of—it's very bright. A lot of his movies. It feels like a little dirty, but like Hollywood dirty. Yeah. Um. I. It's interesting, like, it definitely has great... His movies have good pace. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always, like, locked into the storyline. Not all of his movies are good, but they're, they're, they're always very, like, propulsive. No, and like we, just,
2: we were saying before, parts of these, this movie does not, does not hang together. You know yeah. and there's parts of this movie that you feel like maybe got shoved in for certain purposes or taken out for certain purposes but he he hangs with it the entire time and it's like that nice combination between like Michael Bay and William Freakin it's pretty slick but it has like a real like you're in the you're in these streets and you're the locations they chose are all authentic it's really good
0: Ethan Hawke I think is aged really nicely it's just a good point in his career he's He'd banged out the Reality Bites, Before Sunrise, Gattaca, part of his career.
3: He's one of those guys This was like the next step for him. They're going to give him an Oscar when he's 70 for some old grand old man performance, but you could have said for six or seven different movies, he deserved an Oscar.
0: Yeah, I agree. He's like one of those guys that never won the MVP, but could have won it a few years. What's age the worst- Dr. Dre's performance is just bad. It's it's a bummer. It was bad then. Yeah, it was bad then, and now it's even worse, and we have more of a history with Dr. Dre, and it was a miscast. Snoop's, Snoop's good, better. too. Yeah, Snoop's, Snoop's pretty better.
3: good, so it's in sharp relief.
0: Yeah, so he won that head-to-head battle. Yeah, would
2: you, Macy Gray also makes an appearance at one point in this movie.
3: It wasn't bad to me, but it does stick out like a sore thumb because Macy Gray is just not a part of the culture anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like We just don't see her nearly as much as we see Snoop and Dre.
2: I was having a hard time with this one. On one hand, I want to say the very, very first scene, like the the Jake kind of family establishing shot scene seems like it was like they tested the movie and they were like, we need to
0: have to, a shot Jake. of Jake's family. Can Jake's wife be in this? Yeah, yeah. we need a strong female character. And that one scene. just
2: always like, it's like a weird, bad first five minutes. And the dialogue yeah. is really bad where he's like, baby, I know I got to bring it like, you know, go out there and be ambitious and make the shield so that we can like-
0: so that we could raise our time. T- yeah. It does feel like it was filmed after the fact. I do think though it might have set up him coming back at the end of the thing, going back to his house. Sure, sure. Like, oh, I, how was your day today? It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to believe this. Actually, casting what ifs presented by ZipRecruiter. Can we talk about ZipRecruiter for a second? You know, it's not smart casting toby Maguire for this movie in the ethan hawk role would have been disastrous would not have been smart i'll tell you who would not have recommended that zip recruiter i don't know how they would have figured this out but they have the powerful technology they can scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience for your job poor toby mcguire spent two months going on narcotics narcotics runs undercover and lost all this weight and got in crazy shape and Antoine Foucault was just never 100% sold on him. That must have been very disruptive for his his poker playing.
3: He would have been so good in that one scene, though. Yeah, he would have crushed Smiley.
0: (laughs) He would have had to pretend he wasn't great, though. It would have been a stretch. Imagine him him holding
3: pocket rockets and destroying Smiley. That would have been good stuff. Well, it was
0: almost like Antoine Foucault had ZipRecruiter because he picked the right person. ZipRecruiter learns what kind of candidates you like, invites more to apply. So effective, 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter. Get a quality candidate through the site. In just one day, they are the presenting sponsor of the Bill Simmons Podcast. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay. So here's some casting what-ifs. This movie had a lot. I was surprised. Davis Guggenheim was set to direct yeah. with Sam Jackson and Matt Damon as the stars. Sam Jackson and Matt Damon is an interesting movie. It's definitely not winning an Oscar. I think Sam Jackson would have been almost the parody version of Denzel in this movie.
3: Chris said the same thing before we started it. recording. I think it could have worked. I think he's one of the only oh, I people. I it. I think he's one of the only people who could have credibly given you something. It would have been more like red meat. There's, when Denzel's there, it feels like more real. It feels yeah. more cinematic. With, with Sam Jackson, it's like meta. You're like, you know, yeah. he's doing a bit. Yeah. Um, Can you,
2: I mean, he is essentially has done King Kong and got shit on me like in every single movie. Right. Including maybe even King Kong. Right. But- I, I don't think I would have believed it the way you believe it with Denzel.
0: I agree. Eminem and Christian Bale turned down the part of Jake Coit, apparently, allegedly. Again, this is, uh, this is all half-assed internet research.
3: Eminem is—that's a really also interesting left turn in the history of culture, you know? Because he's really good in 8 Mile. and He could not
0: have played this role.
3: I don't think so either, but how much different is Eminem's career if he decides to Will Smith it? If he just says, like, I'm moving out of music and I'm focusing on being a movie star— I, he, I think he could have had that career. I don't think he has the same kind of like acting chops that Ethan Hawke has, but that's just an interesting what if.
0: He's good in funny people. He's very funny. Yeah, yeah. that's like probably it's the really funniest It's really
2: hard scene. to imagine Eminem getting punked for 90 minutes in a movie. Or,
0: it or being in a fight scene with Denzel Washington. I think that would have been surreal.
3: Yeah. He would have gotten his ass
2: kicked. He would have gotten Eminem his ass, was pretty ass kicked. pretty skinny. Yeah. yeah, come
0: on Eminem. Mickey Rourke was Antoine Foucault's first choice for the part of Roger. Studio turned it down. Allegedly Bruce Willis turned down Alonzo. Huh. That had that had the potential. Gary to be Sinise was attached at one point. Gary Sinise and Tom Sizemore.
3: Sizemore was basically making training day on his own in real Yeah. Driving around LA with PCP. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Dean Waiters Award. Best Heat Check. Nominee. Snoop Dogg in a Wheelchair. Eva Mendez in a rookie performance. I have some thoughts on her that I'll share in a second. Great, Tom Berenger.
3: Yeah, you know my Tom Berenger bit. What is it? He looks exactly like my dad. Does he really? Yeah. Like it's, it's disorienting. Tom
0: Berenger now.
3: Yeah, Tom Berenger with gray hair. Tom Berenger from from in, from Training Day to Inception is like watching my dad in a movie. It's unsettling. He's also playing a narcotics cop in this movie, which my father is.
2: Sean, yeah. every day of your life after 1986, did you walk around your house screaming
4: BORNS? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Tom yes. Beringer, massive star for about six years. Yeah. Though. Yeah. After the big chill and platoon and stuff. Yeah. He's
3: someone good. To watch someone, over someone to watch me? over me. I was just mm-hmm. going to say, I just saw Born on the 4th of July the other day. He shows up as the Marine to recruit crews.
0: Someone to watch over me is uh, year seven of the Rewatchables. I have a lot of thoughts. Is I that love that movie. Mimi Rogers. Yeah.
3: Love Mimi Rogers. Love,
0: in love with Mimi Rogers in that movie. Other Heat Check people, Smiley and Bone. Those are the other two Heat Check performances. So can we, can we talk about Scott Glenn here? Is Scott Glenn a Dion Waiters candidate? No, Scott Glenn's coming up in a different category. Okay, i not allowed to talk I'll about wait. him yet.
3: <laughs> Chris is is vibrating right who's now. Your to he, talk who's about your heat sc- check, Scott Glenn? Uh, good stuff from Snoop. Snoop, by all accounts, should have been bad. What
1: you need, homie? Uh, crack. Uh, Twenty bucks. Crack.
4: Yeah.
3: Smell like bacon in this motherfucker.
2: What I look like a sucker to you, nigga? Fuck you, rookie.
0: Snoop in a wheelchair should have been one of the biggest movies. Really disasters good Snoop we've stuff. Had.
2: I would also like to throw out a nomination for
0: Harris Eulin. Oh, as, God. Uh, hold that thought. Because <laughs> we have another new category coming. All right. So we all agree on Snoop. <laughs> the Harris Eulin Award for best Harris Eulen. Who was Bone? <laughs> Do we know who Bone was?
3: Uh I mean Clee Shahid uh, Sloan is the name of the actor.
0: I thought Bone was good. Yeah. And also enjoyed Smiley. Who So,
3: so Bone He's an American activist, actor, and documentary director from L.A., California. While still a member of Athens Park Bloods, a Los Angeles street gang, Sloan worked to reform gang culture to put an end to gang violence from the inside. Mm. And that's actually an interesting bit in this movie, just how much Fuqua tried to work within the structure of the gang culture in Los Angeles to make the movie seem authentic.
0: Yeah, it certainly seemed authentic. I think I'm going to give it to to
2: Cliff Curtis for Smiley. I really like Cliff Curtis. He's on Fear of the Walking Dead now. Uh, I think. And he's great in this movie called Sunshine that Danny Boyle directed. But Smiley does not have to be this interesting of a character. Yeah. And he is really good at kind of maybe giving you a feeling like it'll be okay. We're just playing cards. And then like, but there's that menace right underneath. Also, like, you know, just generally all the tattoos, I
0: think, is the menace. But I I thought he was great. Smiley's great. I'm giving Snoop Dogg just because it was so unexpected. All right. New category. New category. The Joe Pantoliano Award. Nice. <laughs> Best performance by a then that guy who then became a that guy, or a non that guy. Okay. Joe Pantaleone for five years was like Guido the Killer Pimp, the guy from Indian the Cruisers, that guy. And then he was in Running Scared. He was just Is a lot Pantiliano? of
3: that guy. Is it yeah. yeah. And then he was yeah. in The Matrix, Joe then Pantiliano. he was in The Sopranos, and, and he was a guy. he became Pantali- Pants. He was the Joey Pants. Pants. Award. Yeah.
0: But there was five years ago, five years there where me and my buddy Jim Grady would be like, that guy, oh, that guy, love that guy. Yeah. So the Joey Pants Award is gone. Who are the nominees? There's two, Scott Glenn and Harris Ewen. I know <laughs> Scott Glenn is Scott Glenn, but to a lot of people, he's like, that guy, eh, that guy from wasn't he in Silence of the Lambs? Like, I don't think everybody Scott Glenn's rolling off the tongue. No. The name. Right. I mean Harris Ewan is a flat out that guy. He's been in a hundred movies. He's almost always evil in some way. He's uh, he's
2: usually the lieutenant, some or somebody who works in the DA or the mayor's office. Yeah. You know, like amazing theater actor. Uh yeah, Harris Ewan's like he's he's a G. He is, you see Harris Eulin,
0: you know, like he's something bad's gonna happen. I mean, probably. he has
3: two iconic performances burned in my brain. He's a very well, very, very well respected theater theater actor. But the first one is Ghostbusters 2, where he plays the judge. Hmm. For whatever reason, I've just seen that a million times. But the most important one by far is Scarface. Yeah. Is Mel Melburns. That's right. He, oh yeah. You know, he's really he's Mel. awesome in that movie. And Unforgettable. And then I feel like he's just doing that role for the next 35 yeah. years. Yeah. This is kind of a version of that. So
2: role. Scott Glenn. What's your last name? Hoyt. Hoyt.
4: Hoyt. Hoyt.
0: Strong safety, North Hollywood High. That's right.
1: How did you know
2: that?
0: How yeah, the fuck did you know that? I follow all the good players. <laughs> and, uh,
2: There's in the director's cut of back. Apocalypse Now. Yeah. <laughs> When Martin Sheen finally gets to Marlon Brando's compound. Scott Glenn is there. He is the guy who had done the mission before Martin Sheen to go find Marlon Brando and just decided he was going to stay there. And he shows up in one shot, I think in the director's cut, where he's just like got paint all over his face and is surrounded by native Montagnard Indians. And it just looks insane. And in my mind, that character comes back to the States
4: <laughs> and oh, becomes like this. a like Los Angeles cross drug movies. dealer
2: yeah. who has got a hobby of scouting high school defensive backfield <laughs> yeah. players. Can you explain to me why Scott Glenn is wearing a black tank top tucked into jeans He's ripped with a green bathrobe drinking scotch at 10 in the morning and then pre like any real YouTube mixtapes. We're talking 0102. Yeah, is like got a photographic memory for a guy who must have been playing high school football 10 years before that. Maybe 15. Yeah. And it's just like he is the invention of pro football focus. He is <laughs> oh, wow. right there. Right like that too. So the, he is just the uh, amazing character. This is what elevates this movie is weird little flourishes like Scott Glenn knowing that
3: he played football. So my understanding of Roger, the, the Scott Glenn yeah. character, is that he's an ex cop. Yeah. And he becomes a drug dealer. So there is like a brand of cop, and I know this, knowing cops, that is like they're just like really into like local athletics. You know, they'll just like go to high school football games for no reason, <laughs> just watch them. Does chaps. Like, how's the team? This how are the Wildcats this year? Yeah, and they'll want to know all about how the quarterback's progress. And it's like a very provincial thing. He feels like one of these guys. He's probably got a Letterman jacket since like 1957 from LA County. Whether he was a nom or not, who knows? Seems plausible.
0: You have to ask your dad. is do the crooked cops hang out like this?
3: I don't think he's willing to answer that one. <laughs> yeah, maybe,
2: maybe when he
0: retires. Yeah.
3: And then
2: the you know this is a uh, this movie when the script was written, it had been banging around since like the mid '90s, and it's based off of the the Rampart scandal. In L. A. So yeah, a lot of this stuff is drawf- drawn from like the Raphael Perez case, very much. and cops stealing drugs and selling them on the street. Oh no, this was like
0: yeah, this was this was the Rafael Alonzo Perez was case modeled basically. on. Yeah, yeah, Rafael he modeled Perez. his beard yeah. and his yeah. look and all yeah, that Yeah, so I
2: mean, I I I just love the Glenn character and Glenn's performance, like when he's just like shit, Alonzo, you
3: got your son. He's high as a motherfucker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Chris thought he was going to extend this Scott Glenn conversation for too long. I, we need more. I've got a separate wrinkle. Let's go. <laughs> the old Wesley Morris game, there can only be one. Okay. So, what does he call that one? The uh, Market Correction. Market Correction. If there's no Tommy Lee Jones, Scott oh, Glenn, Scott, wins. Glenn? Yeah. Scott Tommy Lee Jones market corrected Scott Glenn. It's
3: funny because I've always thought that David Carradine and Scott Glenn have been in a war for many nah, years. it's
0: Tommy Lee Jones. And there was a moment, I'm older than you guys, Urban Cowboy with John Travolta. Scott Glenn's the kind of bad guy in 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 Urban Cowboy who fucks Deborah Winger and he's like Travolta's rival in that movie. That is a really weird movie to rewatch, oh, by yeah. the way. It's like kind of hard to believe that movie happened. It
3: hasn't aged well
0: at all. Has not aged well, and it's just weird. And at one point, like I can't remember. Somebody like legitimately de- domestically abuses Deborah Winger. I think it was Travolta. Yeah. But then they make up, it's fine. Gets it's a little r- rough. Sorry, sorry, I gave you the yeah. black eye. Like you can't even believe it. Um, but Scott Glenn. He's the bad guy in that. His career starts to take off. Tommy Lee Jones is in the Executioner song with Rosanna Arquette, which is great. And that was like her star making performance. And they're kind of parallel. And they're parallel for most of the 80s. And then The Fugitive and and, uh, Under Siege. And then Tommy Lee Jones is an A-list actor. Yeah. And Scott Glenn is left behind and he has to play Roger. It's a
2: really interesting, he is a very interesting generation of actors it's always it's very instructive to look at the big chill and see those guys who yeah. came out of the big chill and they were huge kevin klein um tom tom berenger's in the big chill scott glenn's not in it he's in the right stuff but is in these early 80s kind like of,
0: the silverado type of yeah,
2: movies yeah or in terms of endearment like these yeah. early 80s kind of like jeff daniels was in a bunch in a couple of those movies and those guys like kind of got their careers a little derailed by the action movie boom yeah. In the in the mid to late 80s cuz I don't think that they ever really were able to like they just weren't making those
3: kinds of like drama thrillers that well, much. They, they ended up taking I think what happens to Scott Glenn is kind of interesting cuz he starts taking like second in command in war movie kind of yeah, roles, yeah. you know. He's he's in The Hunt for Red October as one of the captains. He's in Silence he's, of the Lambs. He's in Silence of the Lambs is Jack Crawford. He has like s-
0: sexual tension with Jodie Foster allegedly, but we never see one yeah, scene where we felt that That's more
3: in the book. Yeah. Um he's in uh He's also in um, the player. He's in Backdraft. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in all these movies that are like he's like the good nineties f- guy in Backdraft. Yes, it's wild. He doesn't. He didn't become a star. Yeah, you know, he's an absolute. I power.
2: group all those guys together: Klein, Costner, Dennis Quaid, Scott Glenn. Uh, there he
0: is. He's looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Chris. Thanks for this. This he, is the highlight of my week. He's in Castle
3: Rock coming up. You know what's another really weird movie that hasn't aged well? That Scott Glenn is really good in. Personal best. Yeah. Wow, oh, you got Bill's attention. Robert Towns directorial
0: debut. I read for, for best. Personal Best. It's
3: a really interesting movie. Uh Scott Glenn's character. It both is hasn't crazy. It
0: aged well and then it's also aged incredibly well. Yeah. It's it's a Because it interesting really movie. tackles this whole what if I don't know, there, there's a lot of stuff going on in that movie. <laughs> it, what if two athletes
3: <laughs> fell for one another is an interesting Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah. Wow. Uh yeah, he's was in a lot of stuff for a long time. He's good in personal best. I'm down with that movie. That'll never be on the rewatchables. <laughs> so who are we giving it to? Scott Glenn?
4: I Do think scott to po- go to Scott
0: Glenn. Do we promote this podcast as Scott Den's scott Glenn's training day? And also we'd talk about Denzel Washington. <laughs> I,
3: just very quickly. I think it has to go to Harris Ulan because Scott Glenn before this movie was fucking Scott Glenn. He was Alan Shepard in the right stuff. He was a known quantity. That was 20
0: years before training day but came we out.
3: Knew, like, that
0: was a big movie.
3: You know, this like, is he- his
0: best part. I mean, this is a, Roger is a great part. It is
3: very good. If you're they're, an they're, actor, they're that's three scenes, but
0: three great scenes.
3: Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll take him in personal best to end the right stuff. Plus, over this. who
0: knew more about high school football in Los Angeles? I know, Roger. Seriously, Rogers, like, remember that game against Crenshaw? You picked <laughs> off two passes.
3: That's amazing.
2: Remember, uh, you guys went nickel in the third quarter on third and six. Couldn't believe that. Yeah. You had that safety blitz on third down. Check out my bathrobe. Want some scotch? <laughs>
0: Uh, half-assed internet research we, we covered some of it already During the scene when Jake plays cards with the uh, Latino gangsters Antoine Fuqua gave certain instructions to the actors playing the gangsters Without telling Hawk Who didn't really totally understand what card game they were playing Because he wanted them to seem more confused Interesting I love when directors do weird shit like that The word fuck is used What you over under What would your you guess be for the word fuck in this movie? 72 times 47 211 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The coffee shop in the beginning of the movie, the scene you liked, also used in 7 with yeah. Morgan Freeman and Gwyneth Paltrow. Incredible meet for the scene. first time. Great diner. Oral history of that diner?
3: There's a lot of bad shit that happened between two people in those two scenes. There's a lot a lot of dark core of humanity going on there.
0: It's on West 7th Street. Our next to oral history should be an oral history of that diner and an oral history of the 2013 There's a couple SPS. of diners
2: around LA that they just use for shooting, right?
3: Yeah. Maybe in the, well, there, there's definitely the one down by Lacma that is used for shooting all the time. Yeah. Well,
0: what's the Johnny's, Johnny's, uh, that's whatever? Glendale or no, the st- one on Wilshire. That's the one I'm referring to. Down yeah, by LACMA. Okay. yeah. And you,
3: in the spirit of we <laughs> should buy the Boogie Nights house, should we just buy that diner on 7th and put the ringer offices? Be a great there? thing. I'd, I'd be do that. It. You could, I'd
2: love to work out of a coffee shop like that. Uh, wait, oh. where's Pulp Fiction? That's I in. A, I, I don't know where that is. No, that's
0: in the Valley. In the Valley. Okay. Yeah. Although I had always heard it was also on um, on La Cienega between Beverly and like Fairfax. Oh, I know where that is. And then they knocked it down and changed it. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know the true story. I know story. where that diner we're, is we're, on La
3: Cienega. We're doing the SNL sketch. You guys know that, right? You know, the California Californians.
2: Californians, well, yeah. We'll, yeah we'll but it. it's like a high level movie nerd version of okay. it. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah.
0: I've decided I might <laughs> not be able to be on the Pulp Fiction Rewatchables. Why is that? I just have a lot of problems with it. I've seen it too many times. Get the you fuck can out. Fucking
2: retire. Get out Bruce of Bruce
0: Willis's girlfriend is the worst 10 minutes of my Dude, life. Bill, just, I swear to just, God. The worst right. 10 minutes of my life. <laughs> all right. moving. right. We're moving on. We're moving we're, back to I'm training I'm taking day. a nap. <laughs> no, Did you no, find your watch, no, Bruce? No, not here. That is the worst scene. I'm, I can't believe people I'm think that's Comcast a good scene. Not now. You're defending that scene. I'm, I'm, let's just, no,
2: come not on here. Don't do this to your, you have a really high Q rating right now. <laughs> people really like you right now. Guess like, who else
0: aren't very good? Tim Roth and Amanda Plummer. Jesus <laughs> Christ, They're just no! not good! They're not good! <laughs> guess what's great, though? Guess what's, guess what's gained steam for me? <laughs> <laughs> the gimp? <laughs> no, the dance scene is, is the thi- the Uma Travolta dance scene. Mm-hmm. I forgot how awesome that was. And who has brought more joy to people dancing than John Travolta? Anybody?
3: I don't know. We just took Urban Cowboy apart bit by bit.
0: Seems yeah. like you want to do the well, he same for Pulp Fiction. He didn't dance. No, I, I love Pulp Fiction. I've just seen it too many times. It's like how I'm critical of my daughter was soccer. How many and times do you think you've been. seen uh, Training Day? Not many. I would say eight. Okay. It's probably in 10 five years. It was
3: a good, um, I was in college when it came out. And it was a good, just throw it on the DVD while we're hanging out. I went to it uh, twice
2: in two days when, when it came out. Really? I went, saw it. Uh, I can't. I think I may have gone and seen it by myself or something. like on a Thursday or something when I got out of like work at a record store. And then, like that night, I was like, anybody who wants to see Training Day has any interest? Like, let's go. It's so amazing. It, it bugs me that Chris
0: Ryan and I lived in the same city and saw movies by ourselves but didn't know each other. You guys have been other. so
3: close. It's a beautiful story. Yeah, Shakespearean. almost. I love
0: going to movies by myself. Uh, the Mark <laughs> Ruffalo Award for overacting. I don't need to do the. They knew. I really, there's one person, Smiley's a crazy poker buddy yeah. in that poker scene. <laughs> He's really feeling it. Really feeling it. Yeah. Really ratcheted up. Yeah. It was almost like Antoine was like, uh, just get, go up two more levels. Yeah. Like Just a little crazier. Let's do it again. He passed him some of that PCP.
3: Yeah, he was he was out of control. Ape- I also really like the kid, uh, the, the white
2: kid in the Volkswagen Beetle in the driver's seat. He's like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Like that guy. He was really I think really that's selling.
3: Fran Kranz, right?
0: Is that Joss Whedon's guy. Oh, yeah. my God. Apex Mountain. I'll save Denzel for last for this.
3: A- Any chance Denzel's in the overacting category? No. No chance? He really the, the, does
2: draw out the, the, the two-gun scene, scene. The two-gun scene is uh-huh. like, he's he's like, I'm going to win the Oscar on this one. But I don't find it to be overacting.
0: The diner scene, I think, is the only case you can make. That's why I didn't put that for rewatchable for me. Oh, I, I, think I felt stunning. like they hadn't they hadn't fully figured out that character yet. And he's doing the Jay Farrow Denzel and not just being uh, All right, Alonso. okay,
3: all right. Okay, okay. All, right, all right.
0: He's doing all like the ticks. Apex Mountain, Ethan Hawke? No. Um no. What would your Ethanagi Apex Mountain be, just out of curiosity?
2: Before
0: sunset. The second one, I think. Second one? Yeah. So after training day. I think so. Okay.
3: Um, that that would have been my answer too. I like that. He's I got a really like
2: him in before midnight. And I really like him before sunrise. But I'm saying I think I think uh We're I think that, there's a bunch out. of other really good I mean, you could make the argument that his apex as like a movie star is reality bites. Yes.
0: I don't know.
3: I think also, regardless of what you think about this movie, I know. I think you're maybe you're not as crazy about it, but he's amazing in Boyhood. He's perfect. In he's boyhood. amazing. Oh, He's boyhood. incredible. I just feel like he's not on screen that much, so yeah. it's hard. Let me
0: let does me. Does Apex look at his Mountain?
3: Be does who you're married to at the time count? This is. I'm not. I'm not getting in this with you.
0: I'm just saying. You is it? Is it a like career? Is it a work Apex or an everything Apex?
3: Well, you invented this show and this category, so you can be the determining factor there. I think it. To me, it's. I think only a performance. Not like what's happening in your life. Because you
0: could argue, oh, one training day. He's a, in a hot celebrity couple. Mm-hmm. He's a respected actor who now has proven he can be in an action movie. He's had a lot of wins at this point. Things are going well. Oh, one.
3: I
2: see
0: what you're saying. I, you know what? I'm yeah, going to switch my pick to oh, one.
2: I, I'd say that it's before sunset for me. I want to give a shout out to when he appears in Antoine Fuqua's Brooklyn's Finest. hmm and basically plays Alonzo.
0: Yeah. And he's very good in that movie. That seemed like an idea they came up with at 2.30 in the morning after like eight beers. Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> what if he came back yeah. and you played your version of Dead Island? Yeah. He's like, that's great, man. Do you have any cigarettes? Um, this is the, oh, we got to do more Apex. Uh, Antoine Fuqua. It's got to be, right? I mean, I, I think he's had a good career, but this is like, how do you I think top so? Directing Denzel at his peak performance is like, that's you tell your grandkids it's about so that. It's so interesting,
3: too, because he's now made once The Equalizer 2, Bill's most anticipated
0: movie of the year. Comes oh, my out. God. He no, will it's, have my, made- it's my dad. It's not mine. Sorry. My dad is going to be there your Thursday. dad I mean likes that. The Equalizer? It's like one of his, he loves Denzel and he loves The Equalizer. He fucking loves it. That have. movie's like, those movies are. Brutal, like he just like, like watches Denzel <laughs> lo- kill people. He loves Denzel.
3: We should have had Doctor Bill in this episode.
0: He would have been great. He would have been. If we did the, the equalizer, Doc needs to do Man on. on Fire with us. Doc loves Man on Fire. There will be no fire. Man on Fire episode. <laughs> there will. Um,
3: I think it's I, they've made four movies together. This is by far the best.
0: Yeah. Uh, Eva Mendez, though. no, I don't think it's her. Apex Mountain. No, none of the supporting people, and then Denzel.
3: Like,
0: you guys this, seem to think it's
3: the the apex of Scott Glenn. I don't think I'd go that far.
2: I nah, think right stuff either. is his Apex. Okay. Cuz
0: yeah, cuz in the 80s he, he's thinking he's an A-list actor potentially. Yeah. Denzel um I'm going to say yes. Malcolm X. Malcolm, X. Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Are you talking now? I think you're wrong. Okay. It's a it's a subjective it's award. A subjective like, thing. Malcolm X
3: is a movie about one man but st- Featuring three primary characters played by the same guy. Yeah, it's an d- amazing plays, thing. It's yeah. a nineteen-year-old gangster, and I hate those. Thirty-year-old. It's a twenty-five-year-old militant, and it's a thirty-year-old spiritual leader. It's an am- amazing, amazing. Yeah, I, amazing and I generally
2: dislike like my life story movies, and he's just unbelievable in it.
0: I'm still going Training Day because I have the body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point. If I'm Denzel, I'm America's like most beloved actor. I have a unanimous approval rating. The one thing I don't have is an Oscar. And the one thing I don't have is like my my Michael Jordan 1992 finals kind of moment. Yeah. It's the one thing I'm missing. And it, then I go and I play this part that nobody else can play, and I'm fucking awesome in it. And a movie that doesn't that shouldn't have worked works.
3: It's neck and neck, total coin
0: flip. Yeah.
2: Do you have a favorite Denzel movie of like the last 10 years? Um, a little Flight. I like Flight. Flight. Flight's growing on me. I like taking a Pelham one, two, three.
0: Oh, no, that's good. And Travolta.
3: And I, I like the two Travolta, Travolta I was going to say, I think Unstoppable, Unstoppable is Unstoppable better is good too. Chris Pine is really fun. Yeah.
0: I think one thing we forgot to mention with Denzel is I do think he inhabits the characters for better and worse with whoever the character oh, yeah. is. So like when he's smoking cools in Training Day, I think he's smoking cools for those yep. three months. And when he's... The drunk pilot in flight. I think he's actually like drinking all the time. I think he's all in on everything.
3: There, the, the, we talked a little bit about this last year, though, around Roman J. Israel and the Oscars. The only time when he struggles now, and part of it is because of what you're talking about, where we have this, he has this body working we have this ident- identification with him, is when he tries to do something that is like smaller and tries to recess. He doesn't. Mm. He, if he doesn't, can't tap into the essential Denzelness for some reason, it just doesn't work for people. They don't want to see that.
0: The easiest category we have. Could Danny Trejo have been in this movie? I mean, could, is there I any mean, role he could have played? All the parts in the poker scene. Yes, he could have played all five could guys. Have been any of the dirty cops. CGI. He could have been
2: any of the dirty cops. He could have been. Yeah, he could have been in every one. I of think these there's games. only
3: three roles he couldn't have played in this movie. The three wise men. That's it. Everybody else, he <laughs> yeah. could he could have been Alonzo. He could have been Jake Hoyt. This is like David Ayer LA crime movie is where Danny Tre- Trejo eats.
0: I actually googled why was it Danny Trejo in Training Day? And nothing nothing definitive Pretty came shocking. up. It's kind of a slight to Danny Trejo. <laughs> I can only assume he was doing something else, but like he must have seen this and been like, what the fuck? I was right here. (laughs) Seriously. What? uh, Wait, wait, what? I'm not in this? It's surprising. He could have been one of the cops. He could have been like uh, Dr. Dre's partner. Yeah, let
3: him be the waiter in the diner. Just get him in there.
0: Come on, Anton Fuqua. Uh, Picking Nits. It is a movie that hinges on a really weird almost rape scene that Ethan Hawke's on PCP but sees something and there's this crackhead fight and he saves this girl and then he just randomly picks up the wallet but carries it around and then somehow that saves his life later. Like, we're picking nits, but I think the, entire,
2: the premise of the movie, that Denzel is going to break in this kid who he is eventually going to frame for a murder at the end for of Roger's the Roger's murder. Which only... I mean, we could debate whether or not like that's his intention for the whole day, but only ever becomes clear after he has lunch with the three wise men is is pretty flimsy.
3: I think also the fact that he gets his hands on $4 million and is like, I'm staying, and doesn't just like f- f- leave the country right away. He's got too a- many kids, like five kids. Really? Does he really care about that?
0: No, you're right. He almost uses out one out. of the kids yeah. at the end.
3: He can't get away from the streets. That's There's just a million moments where you're just like, why are you doing that? Yeah. And if if the performances weren't so compelling, I think if you started to analyze every character choice, you'd be like, eh,
2: well, because I, I, I think this. that that whole like the police corruption, what the three wise men are doing in relation, and the Russians and all this other stuff that's happening is like another movie. And they dip into it a little bit, but for the most part, this movie and the reason why this movie is so rewatchable is that you can turn it on at any 17 minute interval, and there will be a Denzel Ethan Hawke scene that you're like, hold on one sec, I just need to finish this scene.
0: Right. And there's four the four scenes that are. Or the five scenes, I guess, that yeah. we talked about the most rewatchable. They're staggered in a way that you know either one's about to happen or it's coming up.
3: It's a good point, they're like every twenty minutes. Yeah, it's like oh, Now, the that, po- you're, the now poker that I'm thinking about it, I'm, like, yeah. I'm
2: I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I'm I'm revisiting it. I think it might be the the most rewatchable scene might be the drug when he makes him take drugs over the diner. That scene is it's incredible when he pulls the gun on the other car, the other motorists. The guy is just like cool, <laughs> no matter what's cool. Yeah, he has his inflexes like, in this. Like,
0: yeah, he just stops in the middle of intersections. It's good. So I was what? a drug dealer. Yeah. Uh, one more picking nits for me. Um, I don't like that we don't see what happened in Vegas with him killing the, the Russian, Russian because it's such a big part of the movie. If I had to if I had to weigh in. I would have gotten rid of the first five minutes with Ethan Hawke and his wife. And now oh, you're such a great. You would have family. the Vegas
2: prelude. Well, I was going to yeah. say this And movie, then I would have
3: the credits. There there could be, maybe even should be a prequel. An Alonzo prequel. And who plays Alonzo? Oh, Sean. In an Alonzo prequel.
0: Well, that person is basically playing younger Denzel, which no, no, but nobody wants that part. Great challenge, though. Great yeah, challenge. if you're a fucking, it's one a suicide mission. You can't play young Denzel. I mean, when they made
3: this a TV show, they were just like, actually, we're going to switch the races because we had don't want to try to make yeah. another
2: Denzel. You,
0: they should have gone further. They should have switched. You the You could genders. make a prequel
2: that was about the three wise men and about the corruption. I mean, that's David my, Ayer that's has his, been trying to make that movie like for twenty
0: years now. Yeah. I guess you know we say this every episode, but that's an also awesome ten episode Netflix series. Yeah, yeah. how about Tiffany Haddish's Training Day? We go the other way.
3: That's not the tone of the movie, I don't
0: think. Well, man, you're saying she doesn't have dinner? I believe in you, Tiffany Haddish. I
3: love <laughs> Tiffany Haddish. I'm I not, not you sure she's it. shown us quite the dramatic chops yet.
0: One more nitpick is I do think there's a tiny bit of scent of a woman in this where Denzel stumbled on this new character that hadn't really played yet. King Kong. Oh yeah. Oh the, yeah. and then kind of became that guy in like seven more movies like how Pacino became son of a woman guy over and over yeah she's got a great ass and you got your hand all the way up it Um, best quote King Kong ain't got shit on me ad lib by the way man the fuck up finish that shit all that jelly no toast the shit chest it ain't checkers and about a hundred other ones it's gotta be the King Kong one
1: I'm the man up in this piece You'll never see the light of the day. Who the fuck you think you fucking with? I'm the police. I run shit here. You just live here. Yeah, that's right. You better walk away. Go and walk away, cause I'm gonna burn this motherfucker down. King Kong ain't
0: got. shit on me. I mean, Shea wrote a whole column on the Ringer yeah, about that. Yeah, that speech in general is just shoot program. You know, like I love that somebody ad libbed that too. Yeah, that he's just like. I have. I'm not taking this scene far enough. I'm gonna also ad lib this uh, King Kong line. I
3: love. Uh, I'm the zigzag man. Who the fuck are you? That's a that's a good random <laughs> one where he's just in the car yeah. and Jake's asking him questions. There's a lot of just great Denzel popping off lines. You have yeah. any
0: unanswerable questions? I didn't really have any other than uh, I I, I guess.
3: I
2: I, mean, I don't my, know enough you know about an, PCP. An answer,
3: what is Jake's
2: tomorrow? That's another sequel is just Jake the next day. Is The Jake, day after training?
0: Yeah, day? and what's he doing? Is
3: he still a cop? Is he like... Good double feature with this movie would be LA Confidential because it's basically the same thing about corrupt cops in LA and what they do and what they don't do and then what happens. And like Edmund Exley, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Guy Pierce character in that movie, is very similar to Jake Hoyt here. You know, it's a straight arrow, wants to do good, sees the dark just, side, yeah. wants to rise... I think there'd be a similar trajectory where he'd try to become a lieutenant very young and he'd rise up the
0: ranks. Maybe or, the wise men are like, what do we have to do to keep you quiet about all this? Right. Forgot to mention, the studio wanted to cut the wise men out and he fought to keep that scene in, allegedly, according it's to my the half assed scenes in the movie. Yeah, thought they needed it. I really think they should have started with the with the scene. <coughs> I would have just started with him killing the Russian in Vegas. Credits.
3: Mm.
2: I think it's and good, go. though, that there's like a 30, 45-minute period of time in the movie where they keep referencing his crazy weekend and he's just like, I'll take care of it. And you don't if you'd seen him like how about kill- a flash would you want a flashback? Ah, look, I, I'm okay with flashbacks. I like just like tell me a
0: this story. This is the biggest part of the movie. He needs four million dollars because he needs a million dollars to pay off for this thing he did in Vegas that we don't get to see. Wait, you wouldn't have wanted to watch that scene? I guess, yeah. What if it was a deleted it, honestly, scene?
3: it honestly feels very, and Chris is more of an expert in this than I am, but it feels very crime novel to me, where in crime novels they're always referencing stuff that happened before as a means to get to where we're going in the future. And so it doesn't feel that weird. It's very similarly to when in the Three Men scene when Harris Eulin tells that story about the peanut butter up the guy's ass. Yeah. And that, that also is very crime novel to me. It feels a little different than the rest of the movie that we're in, where they're just like, Speaking to like a wider mythology of crime that has happened in the city. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know. yeah. I was okay with it.
0: Uh, any other unanswerable questions, Chris? No. Did you ever, at any point when you watched this movie, want to try PCP? <laughs> or did you wonder how long it would take for the PCP to wear off? No, but. Because it, it wears did, off in about five hours it here. It seems give like this me pause might be because
2: cool. about laced pot yeah that was like a real like oh okay that's something to look out for
3: possibly possibly smoking dust that was the first time that it crossed your transom
2: no it it occurred to me before but never never was i like and i could wind up in a situation like this if i accidentally smoke it
3: in the event that you were a narcotics detective trainee
0: we're just a, a guy cop. working
2: at record stores, you know, like things happen,
0: you know, you never know. I was in the Bahamas with my wife and we wanted to get pot, which we didn't bring. And we went downtown to some shady part it's of the Bahamas. you didn't bring pot to the Bahamas. Yeah, this so is one of the all
3: time great what ifs, how Bill didn't get murdered <laughs> no, no. trying to buy drugs even in a better. foreign country.
0: And my wife is like, I got this. Uh-huh. And she went off. Wow. Yeah. She's, she's the alpha dog in these situations. <laughs> she was Alonzo and was a dust? She's great. No, it was great.
3: What's the statute of limitations on this crime you guys committed?
0: 17 years ago. Okay. I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to call Shay now to get his who won the movie take. I think we all, nobody wants to make the ESPN.com. Actually, maybe the 5:38. Actually, maybe Ethan Hawke won this movie. No, I have no. Ethan Hawke's. Uh, Denzel Washington won this actor movie. Actor low. Okay. Yeah.
3: Maybe Shay's going to come in with a Scott Glenn take. You yeah. never know.
0: Hmm. Uh, all right, we're going to call him now. Sean, thank you. Chris, thank you. Thanks, Always a Bill. pleasure, Bill. All right, before we get to Shay, I just wanted to mention some of the pods on the Ringer Podcast Network. If you love pop culture, check out Channel 33. That's where the big picture with Sean Fantasy is. That's where Jam Session is. That is where the press box with Shoemaker and Curtis is. That's where Damage Control with Justin Charity and Kate Nibbs. Just a very smart podcast. And also On Shuffle, Mike Peters talking music with Ringer Staffers and Outsiders. Just launched that one. It's really good. And finally, Bachelor Party is back because The Bachelor is back this week. And if you haven't uh, listened to that one, that's hosted by Julia Lipman. So that's, that's uh, the main style. Oh, and then The Watch with Andy Greenwald and Chris Ryan, one of our long-running staples from back in the uh, Grantland days. Shay Serrano on the line. We just broke down a uh, training day with all the categories. We saved who won the movie for you. I think we know who won the movie. Uh, first question. Is this your favorite Denzel movie?
4: This is my favorite Denzel movie. Yes. Okay. I, I'm a big, big fan of bad guy Denzel. Yeah. He does it better than almost anybody else.
0: That's how I feel as well. That's how Chris felt. That's how Sean felt. Um, were you rooting for Denzel by the end of the movie?
4: Oh, no, not at all. Okay, good. I was ready for for the Russians to run down Denzel for sure.
0: Okay. Why wasn't Danny Trejo in this movie? What's your take? We argued about this.
4: <laughs> Danny Trejo can't be in every movie. but this would have just made, of all of the movies, this would have made too much sense. If you would have said, hey, there's a scene in here with a bunch of Mexican gangsters, I would have been I'm, like, how many lines does Danny <laughs> Trejo have in it?
0: I don't understand it. I, I wonder like did he have something else to do? What was his reaction when he saw the movie and he saw that scene? How is how is he now? Yeah. All the different part we figured of all the times we've had this category, this had this movie had the most parts Danny could have played.
4: He he probably saw the script and was like, nah, I want to do this other movie where my head gets. Cut off and put on a turtle, or something like that. Like he, it was just it just was a little too arty for him. I'm sure.
0: I wonder if there's a way to CGI the poker scene where he's playing everybody in the poker table because I think that (laughs) also that also could have been realistic. You, uh, one of your passions is the uh, underrepresentation of Latino and Mexican actors in movies. Is this like a top ten for the number of people we're able to squeeze into one great movie?
4: Oh, absolutely. As soon as they pulled up. And you start you you hear things like Cypress Hill playing in the background or something like that. You know, Oh, they're about to run up on a whole bunch of Mexicans right now. And then it happened, and I was so excited. I saw this movie in college. I went to the movie theater and watched it like on, on two days in a row, back to back. That's how excited I was about this particular moment. That scene, especially when he's sitting at the at the table with the guys, is it's unbelievable.
0: Does it bother you that Ethan Hawke did not win an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for this movie?
4: Yeah, who won it that year?
0: Uh, Jim Broadbent, Iris. We covered this earlier as well.
4: Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it it's, not it's not great. It's not great. This was one of the few times where where Ethan was, or where an actor or an actress was like right there with Denzel. We saw it in Fences with Viola. Yeah, we see it here with uh, with Jake. Um, i with Jake with with uh, Ethan as Jake. Yeah, we saw it in um, in Glory with Morgan Freeman. Like it's only happened a few times in all of Denzel's 195 movie career. This was one of them. He should have gotten that award.
0: Hanks in Philadelphia. And then finally, I gotta be honest, like Ray Allen, the basketball scene, it's a great scene. It's a, they really go. Denzel gets an <laughs> early surprisingly lead. Surprisingly good. Yeah, Denzel gets the yeah. early lead that, and Ray Allen actually gets mad in real life and starts coming back.
4: At yeah, him. he started, Denzel started talking <laughs> trash. You could, you when you're watching that scene, you could tell the moment is when Denzel takes the extra lap. Yeah. You see it on, on Ray Allen's face. He's like, you know what, fuck this. This is. I got to get this guy. It's great.
0: That is, I think, my favorite eight minutes in any sports movie because apparently Ray Allen was supposed to win the game 10 nothing and thought that's what was going to happen. <laughs> and, and Spike Lee said to Denzel, try to score on him. And so right. all those all those baskets that he scored, I think he scored like four in a row. None of that was in the script. And I think Ray Allen didn't know what was happening and then started getting pissed off.
4: Yeah, Uh, you can see it on on his face. It's it's fantastic.
0: Another thing we argued about was Denzel versus Tom Hanks in the 90s. And the the Mm -hmm. conventional wisdom is Hanks had a better decade, which is actually where I stand. Sean and Chris felt like Denzel actually had the better decade. I almost hesitate to ask you because I know what your answer is, but you would be pro-Denzel, right?
4: I would be pro-Denzel. You know what this is? This is like the Jay-Z versus Nas debate, where you've got one like big showy, big budget guy versus the arty going to do a couple of weird choice things. That's what this is right here. Me, I'm for Denzel in that particular argument. But it's not like a blowout. It's 95-94 basketball game is what that is.
0: Did you think this was Denzel's apex? Or would you go with Malcolm X or something
4: else? Uh, as far as acting, I think... I think you have to go Malcolm X. Just uh, We're talking about one performance. But if we're talking about cultural apex, like a Denzel moment, it's training day for sure. It just all felt like, as soon as the movie came out, they go, okay, this is when he's getting his Oscar. He should have got it from Malcolm. He's going to get it here. And everybody just was sort of following along, waiting for it to happen. And he had that great moment. That was the this, this same year where Hallie won an Oscar. Yeah, And so Denzel, he, he had won it right before him. She had won it right before him. And then he gets up there and he makes a two birds with one stone comment or something. Like it was just great. It was all perfect, exactly how it played out.
0: You're at a you're at a party and people are arguing about basketball and somebody's like, I can't stand Russell Westbrook, he's not good. And then nobody takes it that personally and it just keeps going. You're at a party and somebody there says, Fuck Denzel Washington, he's not good. He's the most overrated actor we have. What's your reaction?
4: Oh, that's a fight. That's a fight on sight, is what that is. That's, there's no there's no way to not have that fight. You know, I got into a similar argument with my brother-in-law. He's a principal at a school here in Houston. We're hanging out one night. And he started telling me that Jamie Foxx was better than Denzel, was his argument. And I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Oh there are God. people who actually think that that's a real thing. Because, now, Jamie is incredibly talented. Of course, he can sing, he can play the piano, he can, he can act, he can do all kinds of things. But Denzel is in a very Special level when it comes to to acting. Where there's like you've got movie stars who are who get to a point and they can only be that movie star. Then you've got movie stars who are the top level, but can become a character. And you never see the movie star version of them, like Daniel Day Lewis, somebody like that. But there's like a tiny, tiny part of the pyramid, as you would say, above that where like only one or two people can get where he can transcend all of those levels and get there. That's where Denzel is like the greatest actor the greatest movie star of anybody's lifetime, it feels
0: like. Training Day 2 gets announced. The premise is that Alonzo actually didn't die at the end of Training Day, even though he got shot, <laughs> okay. he got shot 48 he times. He 200
4: but, bullets to the chest, but he, he, he went well, he, he through
0: it. He was wearing a bulletproof vest. A lot of them hit the car. He was in a coma for three years. He's out. He pretended to reform, but now he's kind of going on the dark side again. In his in his early sixties, because the the medical care was so much from the forty eight bullets he got, and uh, and now he's he's dipping into the dark side again. Uh-huh. Are you are you there opening night? That's all that that's all the information you have.
4: But is Denzel in it?
0: Yeah, he's 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 Alonzo. Oh, yeah. He's back.
4: Every every Denzel movie, I'm there opening night. No questions asked.
0: So he's your season tickets guy.
4: Yeah, he's one of my season tickets guys for sure. I didn't know what Fences was about. I just went and saw it as soon as they announced it. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll get tickets to that. I was actually in LA in my hotel room, and I saw it was playing like two days early, and I just walked to the theater for no reason at all.
0: Yeah, because if you didn't know about the play and you hear that Denzel is in Fences, it could go in any direction, right? It could be a baseball movie. It could be a cop movie. You just don't know. It could be You anything. have no idea. Yeah, it's just wide no open. Idea. Could be he could have started a shoe company called Fences. Who knows? Could Den, <laughs> could Denzel have played the guy on in Castaway instead of Tom Hanks?
4: Mm, that's tricky. I think he could have played it. I don't think it would have been as good as Tom Hanks. Yeah, I so think you need. I think you need that Tom Hanksy kind of vulnerable character, and that's a thing that Denzel is just a little too dominant of a personality. It feels like watching him. Like I don't know if he could have reach that point where you feel like he's going
0: to die. You're going to, you're working on this podcast idea for us that we're going to launch sometime in the next 19 years. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think Denzel or Hanks could be like one of the eight episode ones. You just go all in, just have put the, each one do a scoring system, have Kurt Goldsberry do stats. Let's just go all out. Let's oh, do yeah. it. Let's, let's make the case once and for all. Um, what is your favorite scene in this movie? <laughs> 17 years later.
4: Oh, my favorite scene is the best scene in the movie. It's the table scene, which is crazy because it doesn't even involve Denzel. That's it's what- like I, one of the few scenes that doesn't involve him and it's the best one.
0: That was my case as well. And the uh, the boys picked uh, the diner scene.
4: The I, diner scene is good. I, I think the it's, the poker, scene is, it's the
0: poker. The poker scene is an incredible nine minutes. It's really it's, great.
4: That's the That's the one scene where I watched it and I was like- like tense. My back was all knotted up. My stomach was <laughs> nervous. I had no idea how he was going to get out of that moment. I I, I knew they weren't going to let him die. There was going to be some sort of way. And then they snap all the pieces together and you go like, oh my God, that happened because of this or whatever. But yeah, him sitting there at the table with those guys, it's, it's unreal how tense they're able to make it. Like if you're in a room with gangsters is one thing. And if you're in a room with gangsters and they take your gun, That's one thing. If you're in a room with gangsters and they take your gun and your ride leaves, that's one thing. If you're in a room with gangsters and they take your gun and your ride leaves, and then one of them asks you, have you ever been effed in the A? Like, (laughs) that's it. It's over. That's the end of the line. There's no worse scenario than that right there.
0: Yeah. I agree. Your wife decides she wants to become an actress. Mm -hmm. And she ends up in a movie with Denzel Washington where she's playing his mistress, Mm-hmm. Do you just assume you're never going to see her again? That'll be it.
4: I would, I would sit by the door assuming she's not coming home. And then as soon as she comes home from her love scene where she's naked in the bed with Denzel, I would ask, what does Denzel smell like? <laughs> How was it? Was he, did, he, did he smell? That's, that's what I would do. I just wouldn't have any questions. other concerns or worries. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, he's a magnetic man. I, it's funny, he's, out of all the actors we have, he's the only one who I kind of feel like is an athlete, where, mm-hmm. like, even we're going to play at the tail end of this podcast, we're going to play Ethan Hawke, the podcast I did with him, where he tells a story about Denzel. But the way he described being in scenes with Denzel is kind of the same way people describe being on a team with, like, Kobe Bryant or 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 Michael Jordan, where it's like, you got to raise your game or he'll destroy you. You know, is it's he's an actor. Yeah. These guys are just reciting lines from a script. And he was talking about him like it was like game seven in the finals. Like that first twenty he's minutes. Overpowering. Yeah, the first twenty minutes, Ethan Hawk. Now the character is doing part of this, but you could feel a little piece of the actor too, just trying to like hold on. Cause Denzel mm-hmm. is like Denzel's like, I'm in. This is game seven right now. We're going. And a- Ethan Hawk catches up to him eventually. And now they're tit for tat. But the first 20 minutes, whether it was by design or whether it was really the actors, uh, it's
4: you were doing the, the half-assed internet research corner section of this. Yeah. Did you come across a thing that says whether or not Ethan Hawke knew in the diner scene that Denzel was going to slam the table? Did, did not. that ever come up? Like, okay. Did not, but I feel like he didn't, I feel like he didn't know. And Denzel knew he was going to do it. And he did that as to like, throw him off a little bit.
0: You're probably right. Cause, cause the two things, he definitely ad libbed the King Kong line and mm-hmm. apparently in the poker scene, they mixed up the rules on Ethan Hawke. So he would be, con- cause they were telling him to actually play poker, but they mixed up the rules and he told the other guys to do weird stuff during the game so that Ethan Hawke right. would be a little confused and uneasy. Um, mm-hmm. Just trying to figure that part out. Cause he thought it would help the scene. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. Shay. This is Denzel's finest achievement. You've written about it. I Googled. You've written two different pieces about this about this movie basically. <laughs> <laughs> you went back to the well. Okay. You did you did Denzel versus uh the guy he played in American Gangster. And then you did a, a long long breakdown that I was very proud of because I love when anyone else on the site goes long on uh, on the King Kong speech and everything that led up to the historical accuracy of all of the claims. In that speech, but yeah. that was uh, that's way up there for Denzel. What an actor! I one of the things I love about you is that you love Denzel as much as I do. We're just we're <laughs> just like all in, all in at all times on Denzel, uh, and have been for a long time. Anyway, uh, Training Day, by the way, Shay, on Netflix until June first. Yeah. Not sure if you're aware.
4: Oh, I'm aware. It's on every day.
0: <laughs> just out a loop. Uh-huh. Well, maybe I'll see you at the, uh, at the finals this week. I'll be there. All right, see you. Uh, last but not least, you might have heard this already. Ethan Hawke was on the BS podcast a couple weeks ago. We mentioned that during this podcast, but wanted to play the entire section of him talking about what it was like to work with Denzel Washington on this movie. We're sticking this at the tail end just because if if you already heard it, um, you can just not listen if you don't want to. If you haven't heard it, I would highly encourage you to listen to this because Ethan Hawke was a great guest in his whole take on Denzel and what it was like to work with the guy is really, really great. It's exactly like when I do those kind of uh, pods with celebrity actors, I'm always hoping for nuggets, like the stuff that he dropped in this. So check that that's coming out right now. Thanks again to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to check out uh slash BS. If you want to, uh, if you want to start working on it. So we're back in the rewatchables next week. I am not on the next one. But it's going to be a good one. Ocean's 11. Ocean's 8 is coming out, I think, the day after we're posting this. So yeah, June 7th, Ocean's 11. Breaking it down. I know Chris Ryan's going to be in it, and we'll get two or three more. That's coming up if you want to watch that one ahead of time. Thanks, as always, for supporting the Rewatchables. Spread the word for us. Until then. Um, Training Day 2001. Yep. Did you know that was going to be a monster?
1: Totally. I mean, I, I you have
0: MJ it. in his prime.
1: You have a great script. I read, you have a good I, director. I read that script, and I, you know you're picturing what Denzel, the intersection of Denzel at that moment in his career with this great piece of writing. Antoine Fuqua was a really exciting young director at that point, and he was uh, ready for that job. Yeah, and I I wanted that part so bad. Cause I, I knew what a good film that could be. And um, I met Antoine and it became kind of clear to me that Antoine and Denzel wanted me, but other people didn't want me. Uh And I was going to really have to jump through some hoops and audition. And and it's one of those great moments in your life where you're like, you know what? Cause I was already being offered movies and things were going well, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to get this part. I'm going to eat a little humble pie and I'm going to go in and I'm going to get this part. And, uh, and I did. And I was
0: glad I did. Is that, is that, uh, I'm trying to think what, what movies had people come up to you and just throw lines at you. That's gotta be in the top three, right? Oh yeah. You know, Jake,
1: Jake, you got the money, Jake. (laughs) Ever, uh, you know, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. I mean,
0: you know, people say that to me pretty much daily. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Was he biggest force of personality actor you worked with or was there somebody else? Bigger force than Denzel? Just like day to day. Let me
4: tell
1: tell you something. Have you heard of the expression alpha male? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, if there was somebody who was bigger than Denzel um, on a set, I wouldn't want to be there because that would be.
0: He was friendly with Michael Jordan. I always wondered like what happened just, when they hung out together, that they didn't
4: just oh, fight to the death. I,
1: I, I, I just mean that he's an no.
0: amazingly confident
1: man. And but he
4: knows
1: he knows who fills he is. The room. And he fills the room and he knows what he wants and he expects a lot from other people. And you know, I worked with him again on Magnificent Seven. I love working with Denzel. Yeah. I'd love to work with him again. I mean, he's great at what he does. And if you're some shrinking violet, it's gonna be a hard time for you. And it sounds like Jordan. Look, you know, he's – you cannot excel at that level for that long. I mean, it, it's its an unbelievable accomplishment what he's done. Yeah. 30 years, major international movie star, right? And a world-class great actor. I mean, you know, he's on Broadway right now doing Iceman Cometh. His performance in Flight um, is like – anybody else does that movie flight and it's like a charming kind of neat indie movie. Right. Yeah. Denzel Washington in flight. That is an event. It is a Matt. I mean, he's one of our finest actors and a genuine bona fide, card, carrying movie star. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's a better actor than, you know, I mean, when you think about other, other generations like Clark Gable or, you know, when these people, I mean, he's, he's, on a par with Marlon Brando, but he's sustained it for 30 years and he's doing it carrying um, the burden of, you know, being African-American in this country and having to carry a lot of extra weight, Yeah, you know, as a role model, as a leader in his community, having to face racism, having to fight through it. Um, I just saw in Brooklyn the other day, they did an anniversary um, screening of Malcolm X. I guess it's 25 years. Yeah. It's a towering achievement. And if you see that movie in a crowded house in Brooklyn and on the big screen, yeah. you know, it's like a rock concert. And it makes, I was thinking about it, it's like, man, he should have won five Academy Awards for that movie. <laughs> like, like it's just so much better than most of the movie performances that guys win Oscars for. It's I just, would say
0: that with sports where the MVP trophy should be different. Different weights, depending on yeah, how good yeah. it was. Yeah, like, I love this It's like this a 40-pound
1: right. Oscar. Yeah, it's a 40-pound it's a Oscar. Like, Iguodala, when he won MVP. In the finals, yeah. It's kind it's, of like, all right, it's like a, right. like a four-pound MVP. MVP. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. so he couldn't figure out who to give it to because he kind of wanted to give it to Curry, but he didn't really deserve it. No, he didn't like, play well. He, and, and so, okay, we'll give it to the guy who missed, like, 80 million free throws. Right. And, and, and so, whereas, truthfully, LeBron wins... If, if they just push that to seven games that year, LeBron, even losing, wins that MVP. He needed to, you know, he was, to buy, what, he had the most assists, most rebounds, oh, yeah. most steals, mo- most points of anybody in the series, and he didn't win MVP.
0: Rookie of the year is like that this year where Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons were both so good. That's like a 40-pound rookie of like, Yeah,
1: that give that them is, a little is, extra is, bonus give, one. Yeah,
0: give them bonus ones. Well, I'm glad you liked Denzel.